Well, hello, good morning, and welcome to another edition of The Plotting Shed. You are listening to me, Rachel McCartain. I hope the world has been good with you this week. It's a very blowy morning down here in normally sunny West Sussex. Uh, we're about a mile, well, probably half a mile from the sea here, and uh, we're having a good October wind blow this morning. So if you hear the odd sound in the background, it's Mother Nature tossing the trees around outside in my garden. But what of the plotting shed topic this week? Well, earlier on in the year, I said when I sort of came back in the September series, I would start looking at or produce a series called Inside the Mind of a Garden Design. And the idea behind this is to show you or take you through the thought process in creating a design for a garden. Not because you want to show off the designs that I've done, um, but obviously describing why I did what I did might help you in working out in your garden the sorts of questions you need to ask of the garden, and then hopefully you'll get the right answers. So I'm going to, over the next few weeks, dip into some of my favorite designs that I've completed for people, um, all with a different aspect or problem that the client has wanted to overcome or that the garden has presented itself, because these are all going to be very similar problems and issues that most gardeners face. So it's just a sort of a useful exercise in going, oh, well, that's how they do it, is it? And then you can have a look at your garden and see if you can take any of those points and make them and put them in your garden. So this week was a garden that I've just completed actually and I have to say this one really did challenge my artistic ability. Now it's always a problem when I know what the brain wants to do but the hand can't put it down on the electronic pad to draw it properly and I've spent hours redrawing it to try and get the perspectives right. So my failing was not having the perfect drawing I would like, but it did convey to the client what we were trying to do. I'll put a post on my blog, plantplots.com. You can go and have a look on there, or it's on lots of post sites. It's on Medium and it's on Tumblr and various other things. You can, And you can then see the pictures. So I will try to describe the pictures as well as possible obviously it doesn't really translate on a podcast but you'll have to log in and look at the pictures and see what see what was what this particular garden well as soon as i received the photographs of the garden from this particular client i thought well i know exactly what has gone wrong and it was then a question of trying to turn this into a functional garden so the background of it is it this it's a very new it's a new build and it was in the north of England, and it's a north-facing garden, but it's on a slope. So behind the garden, at the end of the garden, was a beautiful old dry stone wall. And beyond that, a lovely grassy rolling hill with some dry stone walls up it and some trees along the ridge line at the top. And the views from the garden were out to the rural countryside. As per normal, this is a new build, the builders then put some fences up down either side of the garden, and then they decided to plant a hazel hedge right at the bottom, which went right in front of the most beautiful feature that the garden has, which is this lovely dry stone wall. Now, the shape of this garden is rectangular, 
but it's a wide and thin. So you had this patio that ran the width of the house. So it was a narrow patio. It was only about three pavers deep. And the whole garden was only about 13 metres by about 10 metres. So it's not a big space. Now, the problem is when you have two fences running down either side of the garden and it's going up a slope, slopes make the garden anything seem closer. An upslope makes things seem closer. A downslope makes things seem further away. But putting two fences down either side of the garden and then putting a hedge line along the back, all it does is reinforce the width and shallowness of the garden. And it hid, as I said, the most beautiful feature. It put a barrier between you and the extended view. So all you actually noticed was the two fences marching up the slope. The garden itself also had problems in the sense that it was that the developers had turfed it over. So it's just a big green lawn. But again, that was on a slope. So if you're looking out of the back door, the garden slope rose up and away from you to the right hand side. So you have a, an unusable space. Nearer the house, obviously, it's slightly more shady and further away from the house. It's, it gets more sun, but the slope itself points south. What would you do and how can you create a garden in a small space that is usable? Now, the one thing that the client did say to me that she wanted was raised borders because she didn't want to be kneeling down on the ground to doing the weeding, which is actually what was needed in this garden. So the problem was we needed to make the garden appear less shallow. We needed to give it depth. We needed to join the garden to the beautiful landscape around, and we needed to reduce the visual impact of the very obvious fence lines. Any garden, especially a small garden like this, does need a seating area. The patio that you had is just really a hard paving base outside the doors that you step out of. So there wasn't anywhere in the garden for somebody to sit. The most obvious place is up at the back on the right hand side. So you're at the highest point of the garden that gets the most sun, it's the nicest place to sit and it gave the client the best views over the surrounding countryside and also that's where the setting sun hit for the last moments of the day. So we wanted to create a flat seating area up there. But then what do you do with the slope? Obviously, when you're sitting up there, everything is below you. And you've also still got a lawn that is very slopey. And in a small space, it's got to be flat. You can't put a table and chairs on a slope. You just haven't got that ability. So we've got to find some way of creating a lawn and levelling out a space. Now, again, you'll have to go on to my blog which is plantplots.com forward slash blog. And it will be the most recent post on there, which was dealing with garden contours. And you'll see the pictures of the garden and the slopes. Now, immediately that I saw this garden, I thought, right, okay, the best thing we can do is having, is create a series of sweeping contoured raised borders, which if we built them out of timber, means that you can use the slope and have the border rising up from a very low height to a high height, which will work against the contours of the slope. So the 
closer to the house, the higher the borders are. Where we've then built those raised borders, we can then carve out a circular section of lawn, which then we can level. So we can fill up the raised borders with the stuff that we've dug out of the lawn. So the lawn in itself, most likely we will have to step up onto, otherwise there's too much soil to, to dig out. But then we created this, probably the best way to describe it is an amphitheatre. You will have now a flat circular lawn in front of you, but a banked borders going all the way round it. Now, the only things then we needed to do were create an access to the raised patio, which we did on the right-hand side of the garden with a series of steps going up there. But also, the client wanted to be able to walk through the garden and she'd love to have had a sort of a sweeping path. So we also created a second access to this patio that took you round the lawn, around the back of the bank and along this beautiful stone wall up to the patio in a more gentle, depth curve, as it were. So now the client can actually walk around her garden and get to a seating area. We've done two things. We've done a practical thing and, and we've done an aesthetic thing. But we've now created a garden that has to deliver something. Now, in terms of the practical side of the garden, we've created an easy access straight from the patio, up some steps onto the new seating area. So that's very practical, very easy. We can go up there, we can take our coffee and we can sit up there. But the curving path does a different thing. The curving path takes you through the garden, so it has to have a different feel and a different approach to it. Now, if you think when you start on this curving path, you will have raised borders beside you to the left and the right, and those borders will gradually taper down as the path rises up. So this is where, when you get to planting a garden and deciding on what you're going to need to do, you need to understand how you're going to use a garden in order to be able to create the right feel. In this particular instance, if you're going to walk up a, a gentle slope through the bones of the garden, you want to feel like you're in some planting. But being a very small, shallow garden, what we can't do is have some really big, beefy shrubs because First of all, that will detract from the view beyond. It will take up too much space in the garden. We don't want big round blobs of plants because they will use up too much space without giving enough benefit. So the planting that we need to have has to be more upright. It has to be sort of skinnier, but also it probably has to be tactile. It has to do something as we walk past because that's that's what we're trying to do we're trying to go in the garden and feel like we're in our garden so the planting that we were going to use then has to be soft it might have to release a scent if we walk past it or you can touch it it might it will need to move with the breeze again because it's a direct contrast to the to the landscape that you have, which is a hill, which doesn't move, obviously. You've got fences which don't move. You've got the house, you've got lots of solid structures. 
So having lighter, airy plants that will move in a breeze will draw your attention to the plants in the garden and draw your attention away from the barriers of the garden, i.e. defences. So the planting that we use to go up these steps, and again, because it was in the you're starting from a shadier aspect and going into a sunnier aspect, we've used plants that are white flowered, but also that will be very soft and move with the breeze. So we've used uh, some miscanthus, again, because it's a really beautiful grass that doesn't get too big. And the one I've used is miscanthus morning light, which is one of my favorites. But also I put in there, in a pot, in the raised bed, is some mint. Because again, as you walk past the garden, it's lovely to actually just touch and release some scent. And we've put other plants in there that will flower in the colour scheme that the client wanted, which was blues and pinks and whites. We've now created something where we can walk through the garden. As we get towards the dry stone wall, the planting becomes more naturalistic. We're going into uh, an environment where beyond the wall, there is the open countryside. It would seem rather innocuous, sorry, incongruous. Innocuous is not the right word, is it? Incongruous. To have some very obviously manufactured looking plants right next to a natural background. So here the planting has morphed to plants that would be more suitable in a country environment. So we've got foxgloves, we've got ferns, we've got posh cow parsley. Uh, so that as you walk around this path, and there's not a huge amount of space by the way, you'll see from the photographs, we just put a little bit in, a little hint, that we can walk up this path to the patio around the back of the garden. So that then leaves the bank that we have. And this is the main look at me feature. It's the feature that you will see from when you're sitting in the sitting room, when you're looking out of the kitchen window, when you're looking out from upstairs. This is the bank that you really want to jump out at you. So it's got to work hard. It has to work hard for as much of the year as possible. Now, bearing in mind, obviously, it's difficult to get something in colour all year round. What we have to do is to try and make this small amphitheatre, this banked arena, as hard-working as possible. Now, again, I haven't used shrubs because they're too solid, they're too round and bulbous, and we've got a small space, so we've got to pack things in. So what we've looked at is, again, using similar site types of plants, a similar shapes to some of the plants we've got in the raised borders, but we don't want them necessarily quite so big and bulky like the, the miscanthus grass. So we've gone down to a softer, smaller penicetum. We've then used plants that have got maybe a short flowering season. We've put some peonies in there that will come up and we've put some, some geraniums in there, which are great ground cover that will just fill the space, but they're not dense enough that other plants can't come up through. But the main show-stopping element of this bank and this border are the fact that we use a lot of bulbs, because bulbs are, are so useful. They're cheap, they're plentiful, they're dead easy to plant, they're dead easy to look after because in the main, they look after themselves. And with a succession of different types of bulbs, you can create colour and change through the whole season. We've put in there plants that will flower in the late autumn and winter. 
to give you some color there. And then also bulbs that will come up in early spring, mid spring. You have the normal flowering plants that will come up through in the summer. And then we have some bulbs that will come through in the late autumn. So you will have in this small border that's only going to be a couple of meters deep and a, and a sweeping amphitheater, a whole succession of plants that will chop and change as the year goes. Now, in with that, we're putting in some nice colored foliage plants and some nice textures. So again, you've got similar styles of planting to the raised borders, but not necessarily exactly the same plant. But these might have colored foliage, so you get that benefit 12 months of the year. But the other thing that we want to do is also to make you look up. So we're not just looking at the border. We want the border to join itself with the beautiful countryside behind it. There's this lovely raised, rounded, small hill behind the, the house, which is covered with grass, which I no doubt will have sheep on and what have you throughout the course of the year. So you want to make people notice that as well, because that's part of the landscape of the garden. And so we've created, we've added some taller plants, which are taller grasses and miscanthus, which rise up. So they'll come above the level of the garden. They'll come above the level of the fences, all of which lift your head up. So again, you notice the beautiful countryside beyond. This has the double benefit of putting in tall vertical structures. Also helps disguise and minimize the contours of the land so you're working in what's the word juxtaposition isn't it so we have this sloping garden that slopes from up right to down left but in it we're putting these tall vertical statements and so the whole effect of the garden is one where the slope is not the dominant feature which it was the raised borders disguise and work with the contours to create banking planting which is much easier to look after you don't have to bend down flat so you've got this beautiful amphitheater approach but again the plants that we use are not something that will take over from the landscape they will feed into the landscape they will move with the wind in the same way that the grass will begin to move with on the hill, on the bank of the hill, up behind. So you get this joining between what's in your garden with what's outside your garden. And hopefully the client was very pleased with it, I must admit. Um, it did take some drawing. But if you look at the pictures on the website, you'll see how that kind of fits together. So the process is, what problem do I have to solve? Which is, we have to solve we have to have somewhere that we can enjoy sitting because at the moment we haven't and how do we get to it and once we've solved those practical problems then how can we add an aesthetic benefit well let's how can we walk through our garden to enjoy it that will still then get us somewhere where we'd like to sit and then it's about putting the planting in that will create the mood and effect that you want. And we could have put in a whole different type of planting color wise, but not necessarily style wise. This was not a garden for adding 
as you say, big beefy shrubs or big wide fat plants. This is all about trying to pack as much in. So we choose softer, delicate, skinnier plants, plants that are quite happy merging and melding with each other rather than one particular plant that will take over and swamp something. Everything has to work hard together in order to create the tapestry effect that we're looking to achieve. So take a look, have a look on the website, have a look and let me know what you think. I'd love to know what you, what you thought of the actual overall design of the garden, um, which actually, and this is probably where my Italian falls completely down, um, but it's called Piccoli Colina, because I like to give my designs a name, which actually means little hill, because there's a big one behind it. That was my little my little add to the garden. So Piccole, so I apologise to any Italians there, but I think Piccole Colina is the name of this particular garden. So take a look. Tell me what you think. Oh, and the only other thing I did add, we we did put some trellis on the fences because trellis you can have things to grow up, and it just you can make the trellis a different colour. It just adds a little decorative feature. But a really good trick is to put a mirror behind the trellis because you reflect more light, you get depth, and it does help hide the fence. It's a very, very simple, easy trick to do. Um, and if you get an outdoor mirror, you attach it to the fence, you hang the trellis a little bit away from that in front of it, and you get a really lovely effect, a false trompe l'oeil effect, um, whereby you don't think that there is a barrier there, especially if you have a climber that grows through the trellis as well. So there you go. That was how you actually work with the contours in a small garden. You have to be bold. You have to really take it on. Think big, think bold, and you will create a better effect of the garden. So anyway, let me know what you think. Um, I hope you like it. In the meantime, stay well, everybody, and have a lovely, happy and healthy week. Bye for now.